All right, we're starting in three, two, one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Super Black. We are your host, Carl. And I'm Dan. And today we are doing a very special episode with a very close family member of mine, Darren Emanuel. Say hello, Darren. Hello, Darren. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Today's episode is focused on wrestling, fake pro wrestling. It's real to us. Uh, But specifically, black tag teams in WWE. Now, (laughs) why do we talk about black tag teams in WWE? Well, they are all so very strange, so very weird, eclectic group of stereotypical (laughs) black ideals. Wait, wait. Ideals? No, what? Not even ideals. Not ideals. Ideas? No, not even ideas. Can we just say straight up racist? can, Can we say that? I want to I, I want to um, refrain from saying racist only because I know Darren has a vast wealth of knowledge on uh, these teams. I, I will say stereotypical. Okay. I, I will say that all of wrestling since the '60s has been very, very stereotypical, and that's been part of the success of it. And it's been the only genre that has been allowed to transcend the politically correct. I guess the atmosphere that we're in right now where people can suspend their beliefs and remember that, you know, hey, there are differences between everybody. And it's fun to kind of not just celebrate, but mock or learn about or just have fun with other races and cultures. That's a very interesting way of putting it. I never thought about it that way. Carl? I, I'm on that side. I'm teetering on the edge between racist and... And what Darren just said, only because there are some things, some teams that we'll talk about a little later that no matter how you phrase them, they're racist or at least embody the negative stereotypes that are that plague kind of, you know, young black men through the through the years. So however you want to put that, I still don't find them um, particularly enjoyable or. Uh, positive. Let's get into it a little bit. What was your introduction to either black tag teams or black wrestling in general in your lives? Okay. Um, well, my introduction into black tag teams probably started from wrestling magazines. Uh, I used to be an avid reader of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Um, and the good thing about that is it allowed you to look at other organizations outside of the New York-based territory, which is WWF at the time. And I remember reading an article about Tony Atlas uh, playing uh, playing basketball as a fundraiser for like a children's organization. And there was a couple people there with him, like the Brooklyn Brawler and some other wrestlers from some other organizations. But I remember thinking like Tony Atlas – you know, and as a kid, you grew up hearing the word, the name Tony Atlas, or, or Atlas is the guy that holds the world on his back. And he looked like a guy that was holding the world he on his back. 
yeah, so I, I started to look a little bit more into Tony Atlas, and you know, back then there was no internet, so I had to either ask friends who were big wrestling fans, I had to ask my father who knew a lot about uh, black tag teams because he was big on black wrestlers, um, and then just buy more magazines, and I found out that he used to be tag team champions with this guy Rocky Johnson, which at the time was impossible to find anything mm-hmm. on unless you had old magazines. Mm-hmm. And that was my introduction. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's a that's a lot better than most people can say in terms of introductions. Like, let's say, Carl, you want to go next or me? I'll, I'll go next. Uh, okay. My introduction to I don't remember the first black tag team it was probably the Nation of Domination, if I'm being honest. But my first introduction to just a black wrestler in general was the Junkyard Dog, and I mm. was introduced to him through my father who gave me one of those old non-posable plastic toys. And there's, <laughs> if you Google uh, junkyard dog action figure, I think it's the only one ever made. It's just this. He's like, he's trying to give you a hug. He's just, just this giant uh, black wrestler. <laughs> and I never saw him wrestle, but I would just play with this toy all the time. And I just knew who the junkyard dog was. And then one day, I think it was one of the TV shows on Fox five. It was a WWE. Come on, Darren. You know the the uh, the show I'm talking about. It came on on Sundays uh, on Fox Five. No, that was a, it was a it was the Saturday show usually uh, on Channel Five after cartoons. Mm-hmm. Pop on. No, it was, just, it was Sunday mornings. It was probably a replay. Well, then that. Yeah, then you're probably yeah, you're probably thinking of like you know, like the Titan wrestling replay or something like that, where they would show you just like highlights. Who who hosted it? Was that Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain? Oh, I don't remember. Or. It was. It was. It, could, it yeah. could have been a couple of things. Yeah. And if so, if it was highlights, it was either like their. You know, it was probably prime time. It was wrestling. probably prime time. Right? Now yeah. I'm looking. Yeah. Now I'm looking back on it because they were the only ones that would show highlights from like main events or you know just random jobbers versus yeah. guys. So that's that was my first introduction. Like I would watch that and look for um, the junkyard dog to find out. You know, was he a good wrestler? And then from there, I, I kind of got sucked into wrestling, and then saw the nation of domination and uh yeah that's my intro okay uh my intro is a little different i guess uh, it's like i was always aware that the wwf existed like when i was in trinidad my first induction was the actual cartoon and the small action figures and then when i moved to the states i knew that it existed and i didn't really get into it until probably the, my sophomore year of high school, which is like, what, 1997? Attitude. Attitude era. Yep. And this is where, like, my friends were, say, not even my friends, like, people I went to school with were huge, huge wrestling fans. And they had an extra ticket one day. And they're like, hey, do you want to come? I was like, sure, no problem. I was like, all right, you got to make a poster because we want to get on television. I was like, okay, all right, fine. And introduced to the Nation of Domination. And they were my first, I guess, jump off for black tag teams. And from there on out, I was always in and out of wrestling, paying attention here and there, like through Harlem Heat and, and all those different um, tag teams. But, you know, I'm still very much an outsider, so I'm always curious to hear what Darren has to say because he sounds very knowledgeable. Um, but I, you know, I lean on the other end of the spectrum where, like, from the outside looking in, not knowing the history, and I just Googled Junkyard Dog, to be absolutely honest, and it's a huge black man with a chain around yeah. his neck. And I was like, oh, okay. That, that man like, that man could talk, and he could put on a show like no other. He, he at, at, at his time, 
put it like this when he on saturday night's main event teamed with hulk hogan and you guys can take a look at this on the wwe network find that episode where the main event was junkyard dog and hulk hogan versus whoever the fans reacted and cheered for the junkyard dog way more than hulk hogan and that was part of his downfall but that, that's, for another, that's for another episode yeah yeah okay all right <laughs> i don't know what to say about that now <laughs> well, Hulk Hogan was the star, so it's if anybody else out cheers the star or gets more notoriety or you know just more fan reaction, it's like okay, well we there's there's a certain way we're going in the business that kind of upsets where our profits are going to be because if the fans are clamoring for the junkyard dog and we've invested so much time and money and marketing and everything into Hulk Hogan for us to scrap that whole project to then take a chance on the junkyard dog as a black wrestler in the eighties, you know, it's to them. They're like, all right, we've got to just, it it wasn't a racially motivated thing per se. It was more of Vince McMahon going all of our money and all of like all of our time and energy in this machine is in Hulk Hogan. So we, we can't scrap that project and risk it on someone who kind of, you know, is even though he's had a name for himself down south, we can't risk that in the New York territory. Hmm. I, I'm speechless. I really am speechless. Like there's a lot of things I'm thinking about now, but I say it'll have us very off topic altogether. But that's a whole like you said, it's yeah. a whole yeah. conversation for another time. Yeah. No problem. It's part of the reason why he left yeah. too. It's all it's all it all feeds into to everything, you know? Like it, it those yeah. Same decisions are why, like, the new day becomes a thing. You know, that's why crime time comes along. That's why street profits are. They like all those decisions that are made and which teams can get over on their own versus others that need help, uh, specifically, you know, black tag teams. All those mm-hmm. all those decisions from Vince and up high is like if they get too big and they're kind of stepping on the toes of something they've invested money in, you know, things have to change or maybe they're not on TV anymore. Or maybe, you know, the team takes a turn or, you know, it all like if there's another, there's a really great wrestling podcast called how it ended um, mm-hmm. where the, the hosts talk to former WWE wrestlers uh, who've either, you know, moved on to other promotions or just given up wrestling altogether. And they talk about like, how did your career end? And they, I believe they spoke to JTG part of crime time and there was, you know, ex- extenuating circumstances. Is that the right word? Extenuating, extenuating, Ex- no, extenuating circumstances. That's right. I was, I should have trusted myself. Uh, there were extenuating circumstances to why he left, but you know, there were decisions made that, you know, maybe they were not getting over as well, or kind of the, the gimmick they were given or saddled with, I would put it, uh, it's just just wasn't working, you know. It's one of those things. So let's just kind of dive right in uh, and let Darren kind of educate both of us and the listeners on some of these uh, tag teams. So we mentioned JTG and uh, what is his name? Shad Shad, Shad. of Shad Gaspar yeah, of Crime Time. So if you can give <clears throat> us kind of just a high level overview of what Crime Time the tag team was. Well, you know, the, the funny thing, A, uh, Crime Time, both of those guys are from Brooklyn. They're from New York. Uh, so, you know, hometown boys like us. Um, and if you look into the history, and what you guys should do, and for any listener out there, you should look up Shad Gaspar just to see how long his actual name is. Because I remember the first time I saw him, I was like, this is not real. This guy's got like 10 names. Um, but of the two, the one that absolutely should have been a breakout star should have been Shad. And that that's not 
because let's say he was better looking or he had a better style. I mean, the guy was like six, six, 300 pounds of just pure muscle and beef. Um, but his background, like, I mean, he was a bodyguard for like Britney Spears and, and mm-hmm. I think Cuba Gooding Jr. And at one point, like he worked with Mike Tyson as a bodyguard for him. He has a background in MMA. Uh, he studied Jeet Kune Do. Like he, he, he literally was anything that you could think of like as a breakout star or somebody that you could use their background to make them a star should have been Chad Gaspard. Um, only problem is, you know, is <clears throat> he kind of suffered a little bit from that Brooklyn mentality. And that's kind of how he grew up. You know, he's, he's of Caribbean descent, just like us as well. And, you know, he grew up pretty much in the mean street. So that's, that's what he knew. Now, JTG, for how they met, I believe, I mean, don't quote me on it, but I believe they met in OVW. And uh, the original name of um, the original name of, of JTG at the time, I think, was something like Neighborhood Gangsta or Neighborhoodie or something like that, like something really weird. Um, and because he had that name, they put him in a tag team with Shad, and they called themselves the Gang Stars. And yeah, <clears throat> um, and they held on to the the, uh, the OVW Tag Team Championships like maybe like once or twice. They weren't like a really big brand name team but because of their look because of their size uh and because they brought something different to the table whereas every tag team at the time was very vanilla and you know we're talking about like 2005 2006 kind of thing uh tag teams they 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 rise and fall all the time it's like an ebb and flow with with the tag team division so they were something different to look at uh they were quickly like catapulted to the ovw i mean to the from ovw to the raw brand um and they were given like these really stupid vignettes i don't know if you remember these carl um but just like do you remember seeing the vignettes of crime time where they would steal the belongings of other people right yeah so that was the origins of crime time and you know and at the time we're talking about when tag teams like when booker t and goldust were a thing so comedy was really big in wrestling uh and j you know jt and chad for for everything that crime time was on the surface what they were in the backgrounds it was just like a purely fun comedic routine for people to to laugh at a little bit and poke fun at um but at the same time you know like, like we said like very borderline stereotypical Not borderline i don't uh, think there's a borderline there i think they crossed that line <laughs> no it's like they're playing they're playing into stereotypes yeah. well y- yes and no because if, if you think about it if they had put yeah because because they're two black guys but if they had put any two people together and name them crime time like but they how, how, yeah. else, you know, how else how else could you play that though to yeah, make it they, work they, they didn't it's like this is also, so this is a question that i have like who is in charge of handing out the personas of these of these characters like well, it's like you're going to be doing this like say again these these guys kind of chose it themselves when they were in ovw so mm-hmm. put it like this right if i put joe schmo and thomas long and a tag team call them crime time and have them steal things all of a sudden, it doesn't it doesn't feel as real. It doesn't suspend your belief. You, you're just like, oh, these are just two random guys stealing things because of their personalities, because of the way they spoke, because of the fact that yes, they were black. They were, you know, it, it's it's a catch twenty two. It's yes, it's all, it's racist, but at the same time, whoever made that decision goes, this is going to work because of the, who you two guys are. So you're going to make money initially. You're going to gain some buzz specifically from something so silly, you know. The the sad part is is that they they gimmick themselves out, 
They, they mm. didn't know how to evolve their own characters. Like in, in the world of wrestling, you're handed a concept or you need to come up with a concept. But either way, you yourself have to evolve it. You can't expect the, the company to do it for you. Mm. So if you stay crime time for the rest of your life, eventually not the company. People are just going to be bored. Like it was it, – Carl will tell you it was funny watching people uh, watching these guys steal like random items from wrestlers just like when eddie guerrero would do the whole lie cheat steal it was funny when it first came out mm-hmm. you, we didn't necessarily view it so much as racist mm-hmm. because because of tag teams like booker t and goldust i did <laughs> i i was not a, a, a huge fan of the gimmick crime time only because maybe it's because i knew who the the type of person they were depicting because the I, I probably ran into a person like Dude. that, but I didn't find them particularly funny or or even interesting. Um, I thought with most of the tag teams that we could talk about, I would just roll my eyes. I knew what they were trying to do. I knew why they were doing it. And it, it kind of goes you- back to what you were saying, where it's kind of this suspension of uh, belief or, you know, kind of playing into uh certain stereotypes to relate to certain people right like so the reason they would do it is because basically that's what people would see when they saw that type of person right like a person with a backward hat and jeans and a wife beater they'd be like well they're probably gonna steal something that's true so they're playing into that persona to say okay i understand this character not necessarily saying Mm. you should uh you should believe that anyone who dresses like this is going to do that but they're saying you already believe that that's what they're going to do, so that's the character that they're going to play. Well, all right. So l- let me give Dan a little bit more history because Carl. I mean, I know it's been you're a little far removed from it. So this is why I say what they did was really it was comedic, and at the same time, it played into the stereotypes. So some of the vignettes that they would do is they would regularly steal random items belonging to other wrestlers, like uh, like robes, Ric Flair, and stuff like that, and then they would try to sell them back to the fans. Or there was a vignette where they were selling fake numbers and fake number entries into the Royal Rumble to other wrestlers. You know, it was just like real funny stuff. It was always that, like this weird, like this weird, like hustle and flow type of situation. Yeah, yeah, but it, it was it, it didn't it never got to the point of where it was like drug related or you know, and we like Carl and I both know at some point prostitutes for <laughs> for the Godfather was a big thing. Wow. Like it never it never got that far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Godfather, you literally used to pimp out his hoes to other wrestlers. Oh, uh, yeah, um, I remember that. Right. But, like, it never got to that point. It it, it was always done in either decent taste or in fun taste. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it, they never it, tried it, to cross that line. It looks like they were playing on the trend of uh, G-Unit. Like, yeah. very much like, it's like, it's like, this is what G-Unit is. Like, let's face it, like, 50 Cent came from the same streets. And, like, he, you know, it's... Yeah, you're talking so, 2006. Yeah, exactly. 2006, yeah, G-Unit was huge. Yeah. It's like the, way, like, the way you talk about it now, like, makes more sense. And more, like, I'm, I'm looking at a couple of the intros as we speak, and it makes sense. Like, yes, it's stereotypical, but I understand what they're trying to do. Like, the com- I see the comedic take, and, like, you can liken it to, let's say, like, G-Unit. Like, G-Unit, you know, like NWA, as innovative as they were, as successful as they were, they're very much taking a stereotype and just reworking it and turning it into something and living these lives on on record that the majority of NWA, uh, NWA did not live to begin with. Right. And 
Same thing with G Unit. Like Lloyd Banks went to private school or something like that, right? Yeah, you know, and you, you get you got to look at it like this too. Like you, know, Carl, for for what you're saying, like yeah, on the surface it was very very racist. When you look at things, when you look at like brands like G Unit or NWA or <clears throat> you know pretty much any hip hop industry icon, whatever they portrayed, they're the people or the children or the teenagers that you know were fans of theirs were very impressionable and wanted to live their lifestyles. But something like Crime Time. Crime Time was never that influential to the point of where they made kids want to steal things and sell them back. Mm-hmm. Like it was done, it was done purely in as much good taste as possible, while still trying to piggyback off of, you know, the stereotypes at the time. Like you know, during wartime hostilities, you know, when the Iraq War was going on, they had Sergeant Slaughter turn, you know, do an about face on his country and align himself with the Saddam Hussein like character. Or actually, he actually he aligned himself with Saddam Hussein by you know words, but they put on an on-air character that looked like Saddam Hussein, you know, just so they can play into America versus Iraq, you know. Yo, let's face it. Like the WWE is this weird micro universe that political political correctness does not exist, and people are okay with it. So like you have to like it's weird to say out loud, but it's weird. It's a weird situation where like. It's expected you have to suspend your, your suspend your belief while watching this. Like, understand, like, in order for this um, entertainment to flourish, you have to be okay with like, oh, uh, well, that's that's kind of racist. And not only not only towards, um, well, well, people of color. Just okay, so let, let's let's get kind of dive back to the the, the tag team the, bits. Yes, yes, and yes. yeah. WWE is the multiverse, by the way. In case, like, you, you know, if we think about in a comic book kind of uh, terminology, WWE would be our multiverse. It would be our alternate reality. Damn, Carl. So let's switch gears to a new team <laughs> that I would say is more positive, and that's the New Day. <laughs> so, Darren, why don't you give that's us? That's actually yeah. Give us the kind of the breakdown yeah, this, this, of the this New Day. This is the one I'm I'm so, really curious about. You, you want to talk about the absolute perfect, uh, what do you call it, a transition into talking about the New Day, using the word positive, is exactly the original image of what the New Day was. They were supposed to be a bunch of gospel singers or like, like church-going guys. So these are three guys who were floundering in the mid-card. Uh, Xavier Woods was still on his way up. Oh, but, oh, oh sorry, Darren. For, for the noobs listening, explain what the mid-card is. Explain, explain that to us, please. Uh, so... <laughs> The mid card would be the guys who are seen as like developmental talent. They're there either to elevate um, up and coming talent or elevate like up and coming champions that the WWE has invested their money into, or they're there specifically just to like fill in time slots before you get to the actual feuds and events and matches that people paid money to see. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the mid card. Okay. Um, Big E, for all intents and purposes, a really big, strong, muscular guy. Uh, suffers a little bit from the small man syndrome where he's shorter than most of the big guys. Uh, it, it's, it's the British Bulldog syndrome where you're, you're this big, huge powerhouse, but you're like five foot ten, five eleven. <clears throat> uh, so it, it was hard for for them to market him the right way. Kofi Kingston, he as talented as he was, he his talent is was actually what was his downfall because people, it wasn't talent in a way like oh we can elevate his status. It was he was almost like a circus act. Like people wanted to see what he was going to do next, less than what he was going to say or who he was going to feud with or, you know, 
wanting to see his career advance. It was like, oh, it's a Kofi Kingston match. I want to see what he does in this match today. Mm-hmm. Um, and Xavier Woods, you know, he he is the brains of the operation, but he he was pretty much brand new going into it. So the the concept of the New Day was supposed to be, you know, three guys piggybacking off the gospel singers, um, you know, churchgoers kind of thing, and they were supposed to spread the message of positivity, much like this old faction right to censor used to have to go around censoring everything that was going on in the attitude era. The new day was there to spread positivity in an era where like there was all these feuds going on and everybody seemed like they hated each other. Like, you know, it was John Cena and Randy Orton and John Cena and the fans. And, like there was just so much anger. The problem was, is you're talking about a time where there the, the lines of good and evil have been blurred so much in wrestling that people no longer, there's no good guy or clear-cut good guy, clear-cut bad guy. So having people come in as literal clear-cut good guys didn't make, it's not going to resonate with the fans. It didn't make much sense. But because the guidelines that were given were you have to go around and spread positivity, they took that and they ran with it as far off to the right and left as they could instead of hmm. going in a straight line. So they're like, okay, Positivity. What are some positive things? Unicorns. People love unicorns. Let's come out dressed as unicorns. Uh, Dragon Ball Z is a big thing. People love watching that. Let's come out as Dragon Ball Z. People love pancakes. People love dancing. You know, people love silly and stupid catchphrases. So I'm going to say who like an owl every five seconds, you know, <laughs> because it, it, it's just fun. Like they, so they took the concept of spreading positivity to and they were supposed to spread it originally to the wrestlers and to the fans they took it purely and said we're going to spread it to the fans and any anytime we're in a match we're going to get on the microphone to quote unquote spread positivity by not down talking our opponents but by talking about how we're either going to overcome this match or what we're going to do next after this so people were always looking forward to what was the next thing that new day was going to do as opposed to what are they currently doing right now Mm-hmm. And that's how they were able to honestly succeed far better than m- most factions, if you think about it. Like, they've, outside of maybe the Four Horsemen, they have outlived most factions that wrestling has ever created. Yeah, they, they it helps that they are legitimately best friends. They yeah. go out there and they have fun with everything they're doing. So their quote-unquote gimmick is them having fun, you know? It's, it's, it's just them it going outside, them. And, and it's like it's if if Darren and I were a tag team, that's what we'd be doing: is going out and just having a blast, and just making each other laugh. They are just hell bent on making each other happy, which translates to the fans. Like, and that's the authenticity in their gimmick, which is they took it and they said, "We're gonna have fun with this, no matter what." We're going to be on TV all the time. We're going to do the most we can with this thing. Like they hosted WrestleMania a couple years ago instead of wrestling at it. And they took it to the extreme where they treated it like it was the Oscars. Like they came out and <laughs> they were like in suits and they were having just the most fun not wrestling. And it it, it makes them viable champions because you want to cheer for these guys. You want to, you want to yeah. see them come out and see what they're going to do next. Like you said, and they always have something new. Like if it's unicorns or if it's bootios or if it's hence, hence the term, the new day every, and they took that, that name and said, you know what? We are not a gospel group. Every day we're out there is going to be a new day. That's, that's part of the whole 
that's that's part of the whole loophole gimmick that they said, all right, well, we're this is what you gave us. That's right. So and this, once again, this is from a, from an outside looking in, outsider looking in. It looks like they're genuine fans of wrestling in general. It. Like it, it looks like they it, they enjoyed it before they got into it. Yeah, they they love every moment of it. They love the process. They carry it over to things like Xavier Woods' uh, YouTube channel, where he you know just plays video games and he's kind of creating this platform for not only himself, but the people of New Day and WWE to just have fun. Like it translates into every aspect. You can see it in his personal life. He brings that to the, uh, to the ring. And, and it's much needed yeah, too. Very it's a much, very, yeah. Considering that wrestling, yeah, wrestling back then, the fraternity of wrestlers was all about drinking and alcohol and drug abuse and, you know, women. Like he, he's really one of the pioneers that say, you know, while we're on the road and traveling, let's, let's continue doing things together as a group. Let's find other means and sources of income. Let's continue having fun without getting ourselves. Yeah, into let's trouble. have fun. So, yeah. Let's, let's spread positivity. That that's, it's, it's really <laughs> yeah. nice. And that's, it's really nice uh, aspect. And if you go back and watch their original debut, it is vastly <laughs> different than what they do now. Where it's like watching brother. Yeah. Dion. It's, it's, they're like in, in suits and, and they're very serious and stern and this is going to be a change and we're, we're tired of this and they, they were very aggressive and then cut to now and they're like in these brightly colored outfits playing a tuba whatever throwing cereal at people pancakes like it's always a new weird thing yeah it's a new day it's always a new day and you, and you know uh, to their credit they're the only faction that i know of that did not have to recruit new members or replace members in order for them to have longevity. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's literally just those three guys and they have lasted so long without being, without feeling like the WWE is forcing the faction to stay together. Like, you know, sad to say like evolution, evolution. You could tell at some point that like, they were forced to stay together because that, that, that stable got so old uh, the NWO became so watered down and run down, like they, but they kept forcing something out of it. Even the Nation of Domination dissolved very quickly, even though it seems like a long time, very quickly. Literally, only two years. Yeah, you know, but you look at the New Day, like they could probably have that going on for another two to three years and consistently reinvent what they're doing every day without having to reinvent themselves. Just come up with a brand new concept instead of throwing pancakes out, like, you know, I don't know, start coming up with like chocolate chip cookie pancakes or waffles or whatever it is, or come up with some new concept of something like you put a waffle inside of a pancake and they have some weird dumb name for it. You know, like they can they can just piggyback off of silliness and continue having fun and entertaining the fans. Hmm. So that's super positive. Let's close it out with something not as positive and <laughs> more less less that and more i don't think neither darren nor i know a whole lot about this tag team but we just uh we encountered them you know sparingly and then we both bought uh the wwe 2k 19 video game and ran into them there <laughs> we were thoroughly confused yeah. by them we all we also chose we them did. as a team and got thoroughly <laughs> let's talk about that part all right so the team is the Street Profits from NXT. <laughs> and <laughs> Angelo Dawkins and Montez Oh, Ford. my God. So, all right, Dad, here's here's what happened. So we bought 
uh, WWE 2K19 for no reason other than we needed something to play together and we're, you know, huge wrestleheads, even though we don't like to say that. Um, so we go online to play the game and we, I think it was my idea to just say, hey, let's choose these two uh, Street Profits. We had talked about them before and how they're very confusing and one of them comes out with a cup, like he's drinking in this cup and he's doing this weird dance and the 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 thick one i forget it, uh, angelo dawkins the thick one that's mean uh he comes out and he looks like uh <laughs> the old wrestler d'lo brown and he has in shorts and tights and the whole gimmick is just very confusing to us uh only because it doesn't resonate with anything <laughs> that we're you know mm. familiar with so we picked them to play online and get just decimated by the <laughs> we just get smushed and the whole time we were playing we we're just cackling just laughing at the ridiculous moves that we could not pull off i think we we faced someone like a tag team that they were just all 100s and then we yeah. were like rated 72 or something <laughs> we just as a total yeah as a as a total, total yeah. just getting wrecked and it was the funniest thing ever so before we get too deep like does anyone know anything about these guys at all well, okay. I'll tell you. I'll tell you my first time I saw them. I saw them on NXT. I think it was like during the tag team tournament. Um, and Paul Ellering, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Paul Ellering is a very legendary tag team manager. He used to manage the the Road Warriors, uh, Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal. So he's he was managing at the time. Um, I believe. God, what's the name of those two humongous black guys? Uh, the uh, authors, uh, a, a authors of, and uh, authors of pain. Yes, the authors yeah. of pain. Right. He was managing them. And they're having a match with the Street Profits. Now, Montez Ford is a skinnier one. At some point, Angelo Dawkins does some move. Montez Ford jumps outside, starts doing this weird, like, stepping dance with a cup in his hand, presents the cup to Paul Ellering, like, do you want to take a sip of this? And Paul Ellerton like slowly reaches his hand out like he's gonna drink it and then smacks it out of his hand. And the most gimmicky thing possible. And of course, you know, Street Profits lost that match. But I remember watching them going, What in the world is this? Like it it, it's, it looks it, like sorry, so it looks like those old heads at a party or on the block that never knew how to leave. Yeah. That's what they look like. They look like they came to the party late. And they should have left, but never did. And they're just old and corny. That's now, what it now, looks like. Well, now, here's the thing. Both of those guys, Montez Ford especially, and Angelo Dawkins, who's very solid, both of those guys are phenomenal talents. The moves that they put together as a tag team and as individuals, like, really, really innovative stuff. Really good. And it's not like high-flying, um, you know, it's not a high-flying spot fest. Like, they put together moves that actually look like could work as a tag team. Now, how they came together... I honestly think, you know, and I'm sure if I look it up, this would be the case. I honestly think they just like looked at each other across the room, like, "Hey, man, you want to be a tag team?" <laughs> I, I think, I think that's <laughs> so like, exactly like, you what know, happened. We, you know, it, we we both run these streets, street profits. There we go. And, and 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 just yeah, just to echo what Darren said, like they are fun to watch when they're not doing the gimmick. They're a gimmick. Yeah. So I yeah. think I believe Angelo Dawkins is an actual like amateur wrestler. Like he has skills. Yeah. Like he, they, you yeah. Tell. You can tell. Uh, yeah. I was a little flip when I called him thick, but he's he's a talented dude. He can he can wrestle circles around my behind. So yeah, I don't know. The, the the gimmick itself is just so strange and it's 
it's such a regression i feel like i i and and this is why i kind of wanted to to structure it in this way i feel like the new day took things and showed people what they could do with maybe a gimmick that would lead them down a very familiar road because they're like like uh, darren mentioned earlier there was brother devon who was a pastor gimmick uh with uh batista um if anyone remembers deacon, deacon, batista, deacon batista who went on to become drax uh in the guardians of the galaxy <laughs> that, that was batista's first yeah. foray into and, and it was you know oh in, into wwe's mainstream wrestling he was an ovw yeah. before that but that that gimmick while i mean it wasn't the most unique it was interesting for devon who had been this kind of you know, very hardcore, putting people through tables thing, then he becomes a pastor. He took it as far as it can go, but then the New Day was, like, going to kind of follow that path, and they said, no, we're going to do our own thing. And where, like, the Street Profits could be something different. I feel like they're just a new skin on an old thing when they're, you know, coming out dancing because the tag team we haven't talked well, about, uh, Crime Time, not Crime Time, um, Prime Time Players, kind of kind of oh do that thing right they yeah, come that, out and that, that they come them. out and do yeah. their little dance, dance and then they would go and they were very high level athletes and i mean they ran their course pretty was, quick as well but yeah um but i feel like the street profits are that but worse so here here's the thing and this is the catch 22 i was talking about earlier especially with black athletes and tag teams and let's say especially with black tag teams right you can put together any two guys uh, of pretty much any race, and unless it's like a Sheamus and Cesaro, where they're both like just absolute foreigner big guy that just crush them, you know, they will die out. Nobody's gonna care about them. Mm-hmm. You know, black tag teams, they they're given something a little extra. Like you now have a little extra sauce that you can play with. So you're going to stand out regardless. And even if it's stereotypical, it's absolutely different than every other tag team that's out there. So how you can create longevity, you know, to it is your own thing. And if you, if you think about it, like new day, new day comes out dancing and singing and, you know, shucking and jiving technically. So they could be just as stereotypical as, you know, street profits or primetime players that literally do the same thing, just dancing and shucking and Maybe, jiving. But, but it feels it feels like they're coming from a different yeah. place as opposed of course. to they're not yeah, they're not playing into the stereotypes. Yeah, they're not coming from the ghetto. That's what you're yeah. trying to well, say. Well not even yeah. that. They're they're coming more from a place of authenticity. Like if let's say if uh those guys All all depends on who you are and how yeah, you look at it. I, yes, exactly. But there is a fervent like exuberance to what they're doing like if like if street profits came out and they were as excited to be that group as the new day are to be them it would be different i feel like they i would buy it more like i don't buy their gimmick i feel like they're doing it to do it I do. I feel like Montez Ford fully buys into his gimmick. That man his is uh, dances, like, man. His dances. Yeah, like he, like he, he is all about that. And I think you know, and I think it works well. It's it's like a black modern day Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and uh, Jim Neidhart, without without such extreme characters. Um, like they 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 really kind of they kind of complete each other. They they complement each other really well. Whereas Angelo's the more grounded uh, wrestler. You know, Montez can be a little over the top. And it creates for a good dynamic. It's just sad that it's so stereotypical that it almost seems offensive. Yeah, I'm, 
it mm. I'm not offended by it, but again, I just rolled my eyes the first time I saw it. Like, what is this? When we were playing online, it was the first time I think we both watched their entrance, like whatever they, you know, filmed for that entrance. And we were so taken aback by how <laughs> just strange it was. <laughs> but it also was not generic. It wasn't how generic many entrances at all. have we watched? It was just like dudes walking to the ring. It, it was definitely. You know, so they, it was. <laughs> I can't get over the dead. He does like this weird uh, running man that's not actually the yes. running man. It's just. Yeah, it's, it's like high knees. It's like he's, he's doing, doing very high, high knees. <laughs> he's doing super high knees. He's getting his cardio in right yeah. before the match. But then he's also holding this cup of a branded also, cup. I'll give him that. He's, no, no, that's during the match too. It's not just no, before but, the match. That cup is in his hand. During I know, the match. but I'll say like. He has a branded cup. It's not like any just any old cup. Like it has their their colors and their logo on it. Like they got cups printed up. So maybe 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 I'm wrong. Maybe they that, are deep funny. into it. <laughs> just, just yeah, just, just so you know, Dan, like when he says like you know branded cups, they're still paper. They're cups. still paper cups. Yeah. Oh right? no no yeah so, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I've been looking up as you're speaking. And I was like, this is crazy. Like that's where I got the whole all heads thing from. Like they walk around Dixie cups, like the red Dixie cups, and yeah. just like like there's like, no. It, it's just guys around looking for the party. Like, where the party yeah, at today? Exactly. Yeah. They're they're just there, not knowing when to go home. <laughs> that's, that's what it looks like. So we'll save some other uh, some of some of the other tag teams for other episodes. I want to kind of close this episode out with just a quick uh, forge where we kind of talk about what our ideal oh, uh, black tag team would be. Let's forge ahead and create some uh, some black tag teams. I will I will kick this off with my ideal uh, black tag team. Let me see. I would love to see a Caribbean themed uh, black tag team, something from the islands. Uh, not necessarily uh, Carlito or who was it? Uh, who's the who's the guy with the big hair? No way, Jose. <laughs> No way, Jose. Uh, yeah, but, oh, Jesus. but maybe, maybe something in that vein. Be- the, and the only reason I say that is because you never really see West Indian wrestlers. You do that. It's not yeah, but them. with like thick, yeah, with exactly, thick yeah, yeah. accented, so that you almost like maybe they needed subtitles on the on their vignettes. And I would love it if they were just they had like really <laughs> thick accents, and then the interview was just like what and. It, I would love I would love the subtitles at some point to this like have like dot 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 a bunch of question yes, marks. Exactly, like exactly. <laughs> like they're writing them and they don't know what they're saying. So it's just like question, 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 question mark, blah, 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 blah. And then maybe this says something like they just start writing phonetically, so it's not actual words, it's just like, I think this is what it sounds like. And then like a Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then maybe some interviews, like they'd be speaking, and then the interviewer doesn't know what they're looking what they're saying, so they kind of look down at the the, the subtitles and they go oh okay and they talk about stereotypical dude Come I, on it's now. not stere- it's not like, this is I, something that i go through it's like listening to west indian speak i'm like all right sure i got 48 percent of what you just said and this is coming from and this west is indian coming himself. from a west exactly indian. Yes, so it's exactly. not so it would be super authentic <laughs> to me to just be like i don't know what you're saying i mean it's not even stereotypical like Dude, sometimes you just don't know what people are saying. That's just a thing. See, I, I work with a couple of Jamaican guys, and they're patois sometimes. Like, I just stop. It's like, 
I don't think that was good. <laughs> and technically, it wasn't. It was Patois. But at the same time, it's like, I need to be around you guys a lot more because, like, it's, I have to, like, slow it down, guys. Slow it down because I don't understand what you're saying. So I get that. Like, I'm trying to figure like how do you like how do you make it fun? How do you make it interesting? And how do you not like how do you make it not bog you down as a character? Well, I mean, you can like, have I'm, one person do that part. They don't both have to, you know, um, speak with such thick accents. Uh, I, oh, oh, no, I no, they they both no because then because gotta, then the, then it becomes a little unrelatable. That becomes, I, it would be even funnier if one of them sometimes doesn't know what the other one's saying either, and. <laughs> unrelatable every time they spoke to the fans dude like the fans would just be waiting to hear what gibberish are going to say and just don't <laughs> but then but then we're getting into like a, a funaki territory where it was just like well, they don't have to be translated no but 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 again <laughs> that's what would happen with them like they waited for him to come out and say things they didn't understand and then have them do like the bad japanese and, and you're still talking about funaki i love today. it so... and it's the he's all right let's just get something out of the way right now the reason i answer people with indeed is because of funaki it's because of funaki. i do yeah, it to this thing. day i'll be at work someone will say something i'll go indeed it's because of funaki that's how much wrestling has influenced me but yes i agree like <laughs> i would uh, okay I, so i got the perfect i got the perfect tag team name and you guys can build off of that. And this is very much self-serving, but I'm going to say it out loud because it sounds perfect. The Midnight Robbers. If you want to, if you want to keep, if you want to keep the Caribbean, if you want to keep the Caribbean, oh do the Midnight Robbers. Midnight Robbers. We're just back in the Street Profits, Crime Time, Prime no, Time Players. No, territory. no, we're not. Because if you Google the Midnight Robbers, the Midnight Robber is a classic West Indian carnival character, right? He's just braggadocious. Um, Everything, you know, saying everything goes larger than life character. And he has a specific way he talks called the robber speak, which is in rhyme, which is in rhythm. And it's like you have to look it up. Anybody out there that is hearing this right now, look up the Midnight Robbers and understand, well, the Midnight Robber, Car- Trinidad Carnival, and understand where I'm coming from. Like, if you want a big, larger than life braggadocious character that can always come out with a new gimmick, a new costume, the Midnight Robber, plural, is the perfect way to, to, to start that. I can work with that. You yeah, can I can out, work with that. You okay. can come yes, out. That's a good yeah. concept. Yeah. It's like, it's like every, every time every time a match starts up, they come out, they take that mic, and they, they do their robber speak, and they do their rhyming, and every single time they come out, like just like Carnival, like there's a new costume, there's a new extra added flair to their costume that makes them Oh, wait, wait. I, 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 I'm going to take it even further. Darren, let's create this tag team in WWE, WWE 2K19. And then use them online. Oh please, please! I want so, to see this. I don't know. Do yeah. some research now. You're gonna, you got so you're asking me, the former uh, creator wrestler guy, to come up with to to create something. You know, I'm gonna go crazy well, with let, this. All right. So here's what we can do. Let's create a basis for these two, right? Let's create a like, um, like a name or something. Like we have Midnight Robbers. Like what are the the two guys' names? Where are they from? And then each of us can take that. Each of us can take that, take one person and we create them. Then we can post it and then we can challenge people online to, to, to tag team matches. Okay. okay. Can I, can I feed you some things here? Okay. So you want names of the midnight robbers? You got Jab Jab and Jabalasi. Those are two perfect names for the midnight robbers, right? Where they come from is Laventil Trinidad. One of the worst ghettos in Trinidad and they're able to raise themselves up out of the ghetto to become these larger life characters to uh, on on the main stage 
with these elaborate costumes and bigger than life and be able to beat the shit out of you and be clever about it all at the same time. Hmm. Well, there you go. All right. That, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, let's see. If I was to create uh, a black tag team, um, honestly, I would go absolutely away from every other stereotype. So we've seen the sports athletes. We've seen, you know, the gospel and the churchgoers. We've seen uh, the pimps and the hustlers. And, you know, we've seen all that stuff. I'm going to go left field and say, I want two guys that come straight from money. Like they don't know what a trash can looks like because they're butlers. Okay. Throw out the trash. Like, you know, if you ask them to, to make oatmeal or if you ask them to like, you know, make chicken, like the response you would be like, sure, Jeeves. <laughs> so two Tony Starks, basically. Just like No, no I'm, I'm talking about we're gonna go even further past Tony Stark because Tony Stark at least puts together things themselves. Like these two guys can't do anything for themselves because they've been so babied growing up that they don't even wrestle All right. uh, so, so for themselves. I'm... So they're a tag team that chooses other people to wrestle for them because that's what they know how to do. It's just, they just pay people to do things for them. So it's like, Oh, we have these, we have the tag team championships on the line. Not a problem. And they choose, they put together like two of the most random guys. Like, I don't know, like they get like Braun Strowman and the big show to take on the street profits to help them win the tag team championships. Like, and, and that's that, that's that tag team. The one tag team that literally never wrestles. So they're, <laughs> so they're basically uh, managers with titles. They, but at the same time, they do the entrances. Like they come out because they're, you know, they're so lavish and luxury that they have to be the ones that do the entrance. They don't allow whoever it is that comes out for them to have even entrance music or any of that stuff. They can't like, you know, they just have to walk out, wrestle, hand them the, the belts if there's if it's a match or if they win, just walk out. And then those two guys will then enter the ring and celebrate as if they're the ones that wrestle the match. So does it mean they have butlers like so like uh say I'm seeing in my head they walk out with their money and they're lavish and whoever they choose at that point dress like butlers like Alfred from Batman and wrestle in those tuxedos. They can have look, they they can have themed outfits for whatever they want. Like if they're like, you know, we want you two to dress up as dragons for the match today. Then that's what's going to happen because they're painful. <laughs> Hold on. What What if instead of a tag team, this is like a New Day-esque faction where two of them are the rich guys and then each one has their own specific butler? No, no, no. no. See, they're, 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 they're too rich to consider anybody else on their level that it would be a faction. Everyone no, no, else no, 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 no. I'm up. saying instead of it being just two guys, it's four guys, but two of the guys are butlers. So instead of getting random people, they just always dress these two up in whatever they want, and then they don't even pay them. They're just oh. saying, "Oh, they they come out, <laughs> yeah, they come them. out, you know." And the spotlight's on the first two, and then you can see in the dark the other two guys who are dressed like butlers. And then they do their entrance. They walk to the ring. They get in. You know, they do their you know their posing, and then the butlers get in. Those other two get out, and then they go sit at the uh, the announce table and say, "Man, that was a good move that I would have done," and then. The butlers win, and then they get out of the ring. Then the other two get back in the ring, celebrate, and then everyone leaves. No, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it even further with this one, right? It's they actually stand on the apron, and they choose. And part of the reason why I, I wanted them to choose random people because sometimes they might just like grab a random guy from the crowd, like mm, you. You, you're gonna wrestle this match for me today, you know, kind of thing. Like they, they just have so much money that 
they don't care. At but that the, point. the way um, you phrased it was that they've never done anything. They've had butlers do stuff for them. Wouldn't they then? Well, they've had they've had everybody do stuff for them. Like they even have their groceries delivered to their door, not necessarily by. A so butler. then why not instead so of random just, people? Why not have like their staff? Like why why not have like you, instead of saying calling them random people, say that I brought I got, my I brought my maid. Further today to wrestle for let's me. take it one step further let's say when they as soon as they enter the wwe premises at that point they consider everybody who works there as yes, their staff better i like that that makes sense because then they're, wherever they go they believe whoever's there is supposed to be working so for them. Yeah. so they'll it's so yeah so, so instead of they can walk through the uh the arena like their back the backstage vignettes could just be pulling like uh staffers with them like oh you you have a match tonight they're like what and he's like come on let's go <laughs> you're, de- yep. you're defending <laughs> but, our titles but they, but they absolutely they absolutely have to stand on the apron just not be tagged because i think that's that's, that's the fun of that gimmick is that you know uh, like you know they're, they're sitting there and there's always that possibility that they might be tagged so it gets the fans just like a little like warmed up like oh we're gonna actually see these guys wrestle Ooh, nope. what if what nope. if they nope. sit in an opposite corner so you know the tag team sit in two separate corners there's two empty corners what if two of them sit in those corners and anytime like uh, the fight kind of gets closer to them they kind of back away all scared like no 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 don't touch us but they're like in the middle of it they're just like i don't know i don't I, mean, I, I, I say I, w- I want the announcers to be able to play into this where like they get hot say it's kind of like goldberg back in the day like he, Goldberg was more hyped than anything else. So like before they even make their quote unquote debut, the announcers are like in the background talking about these guys. Like, have you heard about these upstart phenom wrestlers? And yes. like to the very point, like they're about to come into the ring and everybody's all hyped up because like, oh, they you know, they're 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 greater than God, and all of a sudden they start picking other people. And the announcers are always playing into it. We're like, oh, we haven't seen them wrestle this time, but we heard they're so we're still phenomenal, like they're and talk them up the entire time. Never ever say anything bad about it. Make the audience feel crazy. Right. Yeah, and, and here's even the beauty part of it. If they decide, let's say they have a the tag team of, I don't know, let, let's say they chose Sheamus and Cesaro to be the tag team to represent them, and they're taking on the New Day. If they decide that they want Cesaro to tag in Xavier Woods to then wrestle whoever's in the ring at that time, <laughs> they have that option to do it. Because like, it's on the, like, it, to them, everything is on their terms. So it's like, no, you, I want you to tag in. They have the, they have the New Day wrestle they can, themselves for them. And have the New Day wrestle That'd themselves. That'd be hilarious. Because, like, if they're like, no, now Xavier, you so, tag so, in wait, so, Big E and you two wrestle. And Xavier, you're wrestling for us now. And the only reason people even do it is because they're just so confused. Like, uh, I guess okay? this is how this I is guess. working now? <laughs> this is what's supposed to happen. Hey, so how, how does this name sound? No term limits. No? Yeah. We have to work on that. We have, we have to work uh, on that. All right, all right. I tried, no I tried. term. I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> you said like everything they do is on their on their terms and their terms only, so no term limits. Oh. They need yeah. to have. I think they need to have more fanciful names. Like you okay. remember Carl, like when I made up that like the foppish Mr. Gray. Like they just need to have this really <laughs> just like elegant names for no the reason. Esquires. Just to just because. Of that. Yeah, like the Esquire. Yeah, like Esquire's LLC. Yeah, so they need like, like a business name. <laughs> like they, they've created yeah. their own kind of like corporation. Oh, it's like Shell Corporations within Shell Corporations. Mm. Yep. And they've just oh, got, I like that. Yeah, and they've just got nothing but this like, you know, when, they, when they're announced individually, they, you know, they, they have like DDS and Doctor and PhD because they had money to, to get all those but things. They, they, but they know <laughs> none of it. They know yeah, zero of it. They don't need to. I think... 
Oh, it's like that. I mean, that that's perfect for the times we live in now, where like you just feel crazy. Like you're, it's like you're a con man. It's like no, no, I'm not. Why would you say that? And everybody else around here believes that I am as great as I as I say I am. Just keep it moving. Keep moving forward. Yeah, that's uh, gaslight the shit out of people. That sounds amazing. And I curse. I'm sorry. I think that's a great place to end Bro. it on the curse. Yes, uh, this was fun. We have to do this another very wrestling. Fun. Very enlightening yeah. too. I have a totally different perspective on you know before say as opposed to when I came into this podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah. Awesome. Well, again, Always. thank you, Darren, for coming on. We will have you on again for some more wrestling inputs. Uh, I'd love to do more more black wrestler episodes. Focus on focus down on you no know, specific like Farouk or. Like I said, junkyard oh, yeah, dog. Like, you, Farouk is. Can we talk Farouk about the nation of domination at one point too? Because I want to. I want to know how the Rock got it. Into I think all that. yeah, the nation of domination it. is such a big. <laughs> yeah, episode, I yeah. didn't want to. I didn't want to kind of short give them short shrift. Uh, not to give yeah, you know like, New Day. I feel like we gave New Day its own. It's oh, due. absolutely! So yeah. much praise. Anyway, thank you all for listening to this episode. Don't forget to find us on social media at SuperBlackOrg on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Dan at. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore basement underscore monster or at the Carnival Prince, all one word. On Twitter, I don't even know anymore because I barely use that service. Which is a question, and, and I Facebook. question why you even bring it up because you don't use yeah, it. Yeah, it's just for, just for funsies, just for funsies. <laughs> and on Facebook, the basement monster. Sweet. Simple. Darren, is yes. there anything you would like to promote or put out there? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at trial n the letter n error four two three same night same name and number combination on Patreon as well. Support the comic, support the feed, uh, and you can also find me at work. Don't 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 tell them where you work. So, <laughs> I will not. Thanks again for listening. This has been super black. See you next time, guys. Full stop.